0: Psalm 119. I, I love youth camp. Um, some of my best teenage memories were made at youth camp. Uh, stories of things uh, we did, <laughs> trouble we got into, fights we had with other churches. Uh, We were a very competitive group of young people when I went to camp, and uh, so we, uh, yeah, we, we got into it pretty hard. But not only did I make some fun memories of camp, I can honestly say this tonight, that some of the best spiritual decisions that I ever made were made at youth camp. It was at youth camp. My last youth camp, i just graduated from high school, I went to Sagmont a Baptist Youth Camp just south of Joplin, and it was on the last night that I finally, having wrestled with God as I talked about this morning, uh, finally gave in and threw in the towel and said, God, I'll do what you want me to do, and I surrendered my life that night uh, to full-time ministry and uh, some 40 years later, I've never regretted having made that decision. As near as I can figure, I have spent well over 50 weeks at five different youth camps in Missouri and Oklahoma and Colorado and New Mexico as either a camper or a counselor, Or a guest preacher. Or I've gone as I've gone for the last several years just as the pastor of the church. And I can tell you that I have loved them all. I love the environment. Brother Paul's right. It doesn't matter if you are in the muggy, uh, mountainous area of uh, southeast Oklahoma or whether you are in hot and humid Missouri, or whether you're in the beauty of the Colorado Mountains, where you are is irrelevant. It really doesn't matter. What matters is, as Paul said, you're away from all of the worldly influences that have such an incredible impact on us every day. You are saturated with the preaching of the Word of God. But I love that environment. I love the fellowship. I love the interaction with our young people. I love the competition. I, I keep, Who's keeping score? I am. Absolutely, I am. I keep score at my grandson's baseball game when nobody else keeps it. Well, he's keeping score, too. He gets that from his dad. I love the camaraderie. Um, there's just, honestly, there's just not much about the camp environment that I don't enjoy. I, you heard what I said, there's not much. (laughs) The older I get, there are some things about camp that I don't enjoy. And in my recollection, and I, I could be wrong, um, because I can't even remember what I had for supper last night, but. In my recollection, this is the first year since 1976 that I have missed an entire week of senior camp. And um, I'm grateful, thankful that we got to spend some time at the Spiritual Leadership Conference in Lancaster, and we had a good time, Um, but I certainly do not want to make a habit of that. I, I enjoy going to camp. Psalm 119, I'm not going to take a lot of time tonight, but I do want to take just a few minutes and and talk to our teenagers primarily tonight. And so join me as I begin reading in verse 57. Psalm 119, verse 57. David wrote, and he said, Thou art my portion, O Lord, I have said that I would keep thy words. I entreated thy favor with my whole heart. Be merciful unto me according to thy word. I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. The hands of the wicked have robbed me, but I have not forgotten thy law. At midnight I will rise to give thanks unto thee. Because of thy righteous judgment. So you start that tonight, young people. All right, set your alarm. Midnight. Okay, I'm just kidding. Verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee, and of them that keep thy precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of thy mercy. Teach me thy statutes. I want to go back through these verses, we'll not hit every one of them, uh, but there are some that I, that I want to go back and read again and, and make some comments and issue a few challenges tonight to our young people. Let's go back to the, the first verse there, verse 57, thou art my portion. I have said, notice this young people, I have said that I would keep thy portion words. Now that's not the only time that the psalmist makes that commitment in what is the longest psalm in all of the psalms. He does it it in verse 106, he does it in verse 112, he does it in verse 115, he does it in verse 117, he does it in verse 134, and he does it again in verse 145. Over the course of the last week, I don't know how many. Do you know how many were in camp overall over the fall? Several hundred, and over the course of, of last week, no doubt, many, many commitments were made. Not just by teenagers. That's what I like about uh, Sagmon. Over the years, there have been decisions made. We've had adults saved at youth camp. Decisions, adults surrendering to ministry at youth camp. And no doubt this week, there were many, many uh, decisions made to keep or to obey God's Word. And as you heard tonight, uh, some of those, as, as, as we were, were told, were made by some of our own young people. And I'm thankful for that. Some of them made commitments. You heard, you heard what they said. Some of them made commitments to stop doing things that they shouldn't be doing, and to start doing some things that they know they should be doing. Now, for those adults here tonight that would say, yeah, 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 whatever, we've heard that for years. We, they, they say the same thing every time they come home. They make all these promises and they make all these commitments and then they probably don't even keep them. Well, let me, let me ask you tonight, Mr. and Mrs. Spiritual, have you ever made a commitment to the Lord, and I mean you really meant it with all your heart, but you didn't fully keep it? Am I, am I preaching to the right adults tonight? You ever made a commitment, even as an adult, in a revival, at a men's conference? And I mean, it, you wasn't playing around, you meant it, you were dead serious that you were going you were going to make a commitment to God and to His Word, and... Months down the line, you have found that you didn't fully keep it. I have, and by your response, you have. Have you ever had to renew a commitment that you made to the Lord because you didn't keep it fully? I have. And so did the writer of this psalm who At least six different times made commitments with all of his heart to obey God. But if you look in the last verse of this this psalm, you'll find that he didn't always do so good. Look with me at the last verse, uh, verse 176. He said, after all of this, after making commitments on six different occasions... He said, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. Listen, the fact that he didn't always obey the Lord like he should isn't good reason to discount the commitments that he made. By his own admission, though he had strayed, God's word and no doubt his own commitment to follow it were on his heart and and on his mind. Anyone who expects these young people to fully keep every commitment that they made for the next 365 days is being unrealistic. Now, young people don't take that as an excuse to disobey God. Well, the preacher said we we weren't going to keep it anyway. I'm just trying to be realistic tonight. You ought to try, and you ought to strive to keep every commitment that you made to the Lord last week. So I'm not telling you that it's okay not to. I'm just telling you tonight that if you don't, it's not the end of the world. Try again, and then try again, and then try again until you get it right. There's no one in the Bible except for Jesus who did everything right all the time. Look at verse 59. I love this. He said, I thought on my ways and turned my feet unto thy testimonies. For many of you young people, this was not your first camp experience. And so you know that what I'm about to say is absolutely true. It's easy to live for God and keep your commitments on the mountain. Huh? Absolutely. It's easy. But it's when you come back down and you have to face the the same world and the same temptations and the same allurements that it becomes more difficult to make the right decision. Well, can I encourage you to to do the same thing that the psalmist did? Look at that verse again, verse 39. I thought, young people, for most of you, if you will just stop and think. Just stop and think you'll not make the same mistakes that you made last year. Just stop and think. And most of you at that moment will make the right decision. Because here's what's going to happen. You're going to stop, and you're going to think on your ways. You're going to think about what you're about to do. And and the Spirit of God's going to prompt you, and He's going to convict you, and God's going to speak to you, as as it were. And you're going to turn and head a different direction. Look at it. I thought on my ways, and I turned my feet unto thy testimonies. Young people, before you do something, ask yourself this question. Where is this going to take me? Where is this relationship going to take me? Where is this attitude going to take me? Where am I going to end up if I choose this lifestyle, this music, this website, these friends? And parents, can I say this tonight? You may... No, scratch that. You will have to help your teenager in this area. That's going to mean, listen to me, that's going to mean making some difficult and oftentimes unpopular decisions. But after all, you are the parent. Can I get a witness right there? You are the parent, and that's what parents do. At least that's what good parents do. Good parents lead, and they guide, and they guard. This psalmist thought on his ways. And as a result he turned his feet. Young people listen to me, ultimately the choice is yours. Now I'm just being straight up with you. Your parents can make rules and they can establish boundaries and they can they can draw they they can frame guidelines and and brother Paul and Crystal can speak into your life and brother Tyler can speak into your life and your pastor can speak into your life. But listen to me, I'm just going to be honest with you tonight. Ultimately You make the decision. You make the choice. You determine what your next step is going to be. You decide. Ultimately, you determine the path of your life. Some of you spoke about the the things that have happened in your life, and I'm privy to many of those things that have happened in your life. But listen to your pastor tonight. That does not have to determine the direction of your life. You know my story. You know my brother's story. You know the home that we grew up in. And at some point, each of us made the decision to go this way. And I'm telling you tonight, You do not have to follow a wrong path. You can follow the right path. You can determine in your heart with God's help, I'm not living that way. And I'm going to live this way. And I'm going to go in this direction. He thought on his ways and, and he changed his direction And he turned to God's word. Brother Paul, thank you for the emphasis tonight on the word of God. Young people, this is the answer. Say, preacher, it can't be that easy. Yes, it can. It can be that easy. This is the answer. Keep your finger there. Turn back just a couple of uh, pages to to verse 11, Psalm 119, verse 11. The psalmist said, Thy word have I hid in mine heart that I might not sin against thee. Look at verse 9. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? Well, Fredra, how can I live right? How can I do right? How can I act right? How can I think right? By taking heed thereto according to God's word. Look at verse 104, Psalm 119, verse 104, through thy precepts, that's the scriptures, I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Verse 105, thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Verse 128, therefore I esteem all, listen, I esteem all thy precepts concerning all things to be right, and I hate Every false way. Young people, listen. This book is right. I don't care what your friends say. I don't care what your teachers say. I don't care what your coaches say. I don't care what anybody else says in your life. This book is right. And the psalmist said in verse 128, I esteem. I lift up, I value, I honor thy precepts concerning all things because they're right. Look at verse 133. Order my steps in thy word and let not any iniquity have dominion or rule or power or authority over me. It's all about this book. I know Brother Paul, or at least I think I know Brother Paul still gives out the the devotionals every month. So I I just have a really hard time being consistent in my Bible reading. Then take the devotional that Brother Paul gives you every month and do those devotions. Parents of teenagers, take that devotional that your teenager gets every every month and use those as a springboard for family devotions that way you are being held accountable by your teenager and your teenagers being held accountable by their parents i mean listen we do everything we can at fellowship baptist church to put the resources you need to walk with God on a daily basis. but That's all we can do. We can just make them available. You have to use those things. Look at verse 60. I made haste and delayed not to keep thy commandments. Teenagers, don't decide you're going to change tomorrow. Change today. Don't decide you're going to obey tomorrow. Obey today. Don't decide you're going to be different tomorrow. Make that decision today. Don't waste the valuable days of your life. Live for God today. Verse 63. I am a companion of all them that fear thee and of them that keep thy precepts. Look at me. Brother Tyler says, give me your eyes. Show me who your friends are going to be in six months, and I'll tell you where you're going to be in your walk with God. Listen, this isn't my first rodeo. I've watched young people's lives for nearly 40 years, and I am dead on. You tell me who your friends are going to be six months from now, and I'll tell you where you will be in your walk with God. Be a companion of those who fear God. And keep his precepts, and you'll be alright. Be a companion of fools, Proverbs 13, 20, and you'll be destroyed. Well, Pastor, who are those who fear God? Well, according to the Bible, it's those who hate evil and depart from it. Listen to these verses, Proverbs 8:13. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. Proverbs 16:6. By the fear of the Lord, men depart from evil. Listen, someone who thinks it's okay to go to parties and sleep around and watch pornography on the internet and drink beer, they're not your friend. That's easy to understand. Those who who disobey their parents and do things behind their parents' backs, they're not your friends. Or at least they shouldn't be. Because you will not bring them up, they will drag you down. Don't hang out with those who are going to get you into trouble. Make sure you've got people in your life who are going to help keep you out of trouble. Those who fear God not only hate, hate evil and depart from it, but they also love knowledge and they will take counsel and reproof. Proverbs 1, 29 and 30 for that they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would, none of my counsel. They despised all my reproof. Listen to me. Don't put those people in your life who are going to sit in a church service like this and preaching like this and laugh and snicker and pass notes and make fun of the preacher. They're not taking counsel. I'm standing here tonight as your pastor trying to give you good counsel. Take it. And make those your companions who take it and listen to it and apply it. Those who laugh and mock and scorn the things of the Lord, they don't fear God. And again, they'll drag you down. Those who refuse to listen to the counsel of their parents and are disrespectful to their parents, don't fear God. They'll bring you down. Those who get mad at Brother Paul or Crystal or other members of the youth staff and start criticizing them and refuse to listen to what they have to say and they mock and they make fun of them, don't fear God. And they'll bring you down. What you are willing to do In terms of your friends, we'll say tons about how serious you are when it comes to change. And then look at verse 57. Thou art my portion, O Lord. I have said that I would keep thy words. Notice here that the person comes before the precept. Here's how Jesus said it in the New Testament. He said, If you love me, keep my commandments. You know where some of you struggle? You struggle in trying to keep God's word without loving Him. And when you try to keep God's word without loving Him, it's hard. I mean, it's like running uphill, dragging a weight. But when you love God first, make that your priority. Loving God. And when you love Him, then keeping His commandments is easy. Let me say this, it's more easy. It's not always easy obeying God. But it's more easy if you love Him. Then it is if you don't, if you'll fall in love with Jesus, then it will be easy enough to do what he says. So, young people, here we are at the end of another year of camp. And some of you made good decisions. Some of you talked about anger. I was an angry teenager. Anger was a real issue for me. To the point that my mom at one point said to my youth pastor, either you need to do something with him, or I'm sending him away because I can't handle it. Those of you who talked about anger tonight, and I can't remember who you are, Let me tell you something. I hope God gives you the victory over that. Because I was an angry youth. I took that anger, and this is far beyond your years at this point, but you'll get there at some point. You're going to become a parent. And I was an angry parent. And it almost cost me, my oldest son. And I'm ashamed of that. I'm thankful that God's given me the victory over that. Whatever other decisions you made tonight, you can't keep them. I know that. Because I know this, God's not going to tell us to do something that we can't do. I mean, think about that. God's going to tell us, hey, you do this. You can't, I know you can't get it done, but I'm going to tell you to do it. That's not how God works. God tells us to do something. He promises to help us get it done. And so, it doesn't matter if you come from a great home, whether you come from a home that's struggling. Listen. Don't use that as an excuse. You do what God wants you to do. Because you're only responsible for you. Growing up, I wasn't responsible for the way my parents lived. I was responsible for the way I lived. And if you are right now being raised in a home that's loving and godly, you need to get on your knees and thank God for that. Amen. Good. Because you are tremendously blessed. And don't buy into this thing. Well, I, you know, man, I wish I was like him. He, he can go where he wants to, do what he wants to. Man, yes, she can just do whatever. Listen, listen, I was raised that way. And I've told you this before. It was a rude awakening when I got into my adult years and found out <laughs> The bosses don't put up with that junk. And when they tell you to be there at nine, they expect you to be there at nine. Yeah, but I didn't have to at home. Well, listen, sonny boy, you're not at home anymore. So if you got a home where there are rules, you thank God for that. You may not always like them, but guess what? One day you won't have to live there anymore. And you got to make your own rules. But here's what you're going to find. If they're not rules according to God's word, (laughs) there are going to be struggles. I could go on and on and on. I'm going to stop. Young people, I want you to live for God. You can live for God. You can make a difference in your home. You can make a difference in your church. You can make a difference in your school. And I hope that you do.